My Dogs by Nature family, I hope this transmission finds you well. My name is Thelonious7, and you're listening to The Opposition's Position on Dogs by Nature Radio. This Sunday, your Cleveland Browns travel to Indemnity Stadium to do battle with the oxymoronic contradiction in terms that is the Arizona Cardinals. That game is scheduled to kick off at 4 p.m. 4.05, that is. To help us get ready for this game, we've reached out to our SB Nation affiliate at revengeofthebirds.com. We're joined by John Venable, co-host of the Revenge of the Birds podcast. He can be found at Johnny Touchdown on Twitter. John, welcome to Dogs by Nature Radio. Hello, I am John Venerable of the Revenge of the Birds podcast on SB Nation, as well as the Revenge of the Birds website, revengeofthebirds.com. And welcome to my preview for Sunday's anticipated mashup, the Arizona Cardinals hosting the Cleveland Browns. This, of course, is the showcase of the former number one overall picks for their respected class 2018. That, of course, Baker Mayfield who won a Heisman Trophy at Oklahoma. And then the following year, Kyler Murray did the same and promptly went first overall. Cleveland is scratching and clawing their way back to the postseason picture, whereas the Arizona Cardinals are trying to avoid their second consecutive three-win season and trying to secure their first win in their last seven attempts. I'm here to walk you through a little bit of what I think will go down and some of the interesting Brown Cardinal storylines that we will see. John, it's great to have you on the show. I appreciate the hustle. And so without further ado, let's get into it. This Sunday, the Cardinals will play host to their former head coach, Steve Wilkes, who is now the Browns defensive coordinator. What was your view of Wilkes' lone season at the helm of Arizona? Did his dismissal seem appropriate? You can't talk about the 2018 Cardinals without first talking about the fact that they were one of the worst offensive teams in recent memory. Uh, They were once, statistically, they were last in every major offensive category in 2018, 32nd across the board, and they averaged just under 14 points per game. Now, why is that appropriate to bring up with, with regard to Wilkes, who was a defensive head coach? Well, he hired Mike McCoy, and he could not find an answer over the course of the season. Now, whether you want to say that was majority of coaching or personnel or whatever, Wilkes has to wear that on his his resume. I think Steve Wilkes is a good man and a fine defensive coach, and I hope he gets the opportunity to be a head coach again. But he was put in a position with a general manager that saw his roster, personnel-wise, dwindling, and then a slew of, of free agent additions that backfired. The Cardinals did not have the kind of personnel equipped that being a 4-3 to run Wilkes' setup, his scheme. They didn't have a Miles Garrett. They didn't have close to the kind of talent that he has in Cleveland. So that's why I'm happy to see some of the success he's had over the second half of the season. But anything that could have gone wrong last year with Arizona did go wrong, and it didn't help that he followed Bruce Arians. So did I think his dismissal was warranted? I do think he was in over his head, but I also can understand the folks that are upset about his dismissal because really – if he should have gone, Steve Kime, the Cardinal general manager, should have very well gone with him, and he got to keep his job and is still employed by the team. Yeah, that has to sting. 
You don't necessarily get a second chance to make a first impression. It's easy to see Wilkes as the victim of circumstances in Arizona. But here in Cleveland, he's at, when he's at all his pieces, I'd say he's performed pretty admirably, even with people from the street in the secondary. But losing Miles and Vernon has really taken its toll. I'm curious to see what happens as this team starts to develop an identity in year two. Of course, the defensive-minded Wilkes was replaced by Cliff Kingsbury, who could be the polar opposite in terms of approach. How do you think Kingsbury has put his mark on the team thus far, and what do you think about its long-term prospects? I liked the Kingsbury hire when they made it. I thought it was outside the box. Um, I thought it was the kind of shakeup the team needed, the franchise needed. I didn't want them to go stay the course with a bunch of retread NFL coaches, which is what the Cardinals would get because they're the Cardinals. That's their reputation. I think Brown, Browns fans can sympathize and relate to that. So they went and tried to gamble with a, with a coach that they thought was on the rise. Had he just been fired from Texas Tech, even though he was fired, he was the OC at, at USC and probably right now would be the heir apparent to Clay Helton. And the Cardinals knew that if they continued on their current trajectory, there's no way they could secure an offensive mind like Cliff Kingsbury maybe in two or three years, the way they were projecting him to go, the way football is going now. So it was a progressive move, and I liked it. And then the, the addition of Kingsbury came with Kyler Murray. And say what you want about Josh Rosen and you know the debacle that was his trade market and taking him and trading up. But Kingsbury and Murray have worked as a combination. The Cardinals, again were so inept offensively, they brought back the same cast of characters outside of basically Murray and Kingsbury. And now they are a competent group that I think with some tweaks can be a top 12 unit next year. And that's because of Cliff. It's not Cliff Kingsbury's fault that the unit is is 32nd defensively, just like it wasn't Steve Wilkes' fault that they were so egregious on offense last year. The difference being Kingsbury has made this team much more competitive. They should be 2-0 against the Niners right now. They're not. They play in the toughest division in football. They played the fourth toughest schedule overall. And for the most part, he's kept them in every game. The roster right now is riddled with holes. It's probably a bottom two to three roster in the NFL. Certainly has the worst defensive personnel in the league. And give credit to Kingsbury. I think he's surprised a lot of people. And I'm excited about where he's going moving forward. But the only caveat to that is the Cardinals can't make a change from their current general manager, Steve Kime, because they know that if they do a new GM, would probably want to replace or consider replacing Kingsbury. And the Cardinals aren't ready to do that in terms of their their front office and and President Michael Bidwell. That is a crazy spot and one that we have seen time and time again here in Cleveland. Replacing a coach is hard enough on a team, but the GM turnover by far has been the most damaging here in Cleveland. When an owner does this too often and it starts to meddle too much, they, in a sense, become a de facto GM within the organization. And in a cutthroat business with that type of weakness gets routinely punished. That's been horrible for Cleveland. Well, I can't say that I blame the organization for going after and building around a player like Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has started from day one with the Cardinals when Josh Rosen wasn't afforded that luxury in the previous campaign. After watching the better portion of this year, what is your overall philosophy on playing rookie quarterbacks early? How do you feel about Murray's development thus far? I think it's a case-by-case basis based on the franchise. I think teams like Baltimore and Houston, and to a lesser extent Kansas City, because 
Patrick Mahomes sat for a year, those are stable organizations that are picking later in the draft for a reason. You're able to give up premium draft capital to move up and put your quarterback in a position to be successful. And by that, I mean a stable running game, quality offensive line, a a capable defense, good infrastructure within the franchise that knows what winning looks like, and a a strong head coach. Cardinals had none of that when they took Kyler Murray. And yet I think he's exceeded everybody's expectations in terms of his production. Now he's had a slow start post-buy and has not played particularly well. But in the grand scheme of things, he's projected for 4,500 total yards this year. And he's going to have right around 25 touchdowns. All of those are going to be record-setting numbers for the Cardinals in terms of rookie quarterback records. And I think he's going to go on to have a really nice career with this franchise, assuming he can stay healthy. As much as it pains me to watch Nick Bosa put together such a clinic, second overall, gifting him to the San Francisco 49ers, the Cardinals made the right decision in taking Murray. You can argue all day, did they did they take the right approach when trading Rosen? You know, probably not. They didn't maximize his value probably when they should have at the start of free agency. But at the end of the day, if Murray works out, nothing else matters. But he can only work out if this team takes a, a conservative approach to building a quality team around him, and that starts this offseason. His contract is too valuable as a rookie contract to bumble around and not put a capable offensive line around him get a complimentary pieces in the re- in the receiving core and then find somebody that can coordinate this defense back to respectability but in terms of playing rookie quarterbacks murray needed to start from day one because frankly he's arizona's best player offensively i look at the ravens and i feel like another year in that system could be absolutely devastating for the league with kyler murray we could be on the edge of a new wave of offensive evolution Well, one person who few are positing as the future of the league at the position was your opponent in last week's contest, the so-called quackerback Duck Hodges. How has he been able to win without having an elite skill set or pedigree to speak of? Is he doing something that doesn't show up on the stat sheet or is he just the lucky beneficiary of good coaching and defense? Getting the ladder significantly. Duck Hodges, you put him on any of these bottom tier um, franchises, teams in the league, he's going to struggle. Now, he's got some mobility and that's helped him, but he's also got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL and he's got a top three defense. He's got some quality skill players, even though Juju and James Conner are out, and he's got a premium head coach, um, probably the coach of the year in Mike Tomlin. So I think if you put Kyler Murray on the Steelers, I think I honestly believe this. I think they're a one or a two seed in the, in the AFC. If you put Duck Hodges on the Cardinals, they're probably winless by a, a large margin. So I don't think the quarter I don't think the Steelers think that they have their quarterback of the future. He's certainly a capable backup that's clearly showing he can win games for you in the NFL. But he he was the benefactor of a, a punt return touchdown last week and a bunch of ample time to sit in the pocket and throw accurate passes because the Cardinals are 32nd in defense and have no pass rush outside of Chandler Jones. It's a nice story, and he may very well get them to the postseason, but nothing to write home about. Um, he, in my opinion, he's an outlier right now. I'm really hoping this is the case, and I think that a more formidable defense uh, could pressure him into producing some different results, as you've mentioned. Well, our guest is John Bettable, the host of the Revenge of the Birds podcast, from our SB Nation affiliate. John can be found at revengeofthebirds.com and at Johnny Touchdown on Twitter.
Well, before you check out, we were hoping you'd put on your prognosticator's hat for us. Cleveland has been the proverbial mixed bag of inconsistencies this year. What do you think happens as they travel out west? What storylines do you see emerging and who do you think ends up victorious? I think Cleveland wins. I think they win ugly. Uh, I think it's something in the vicinity of 24-21. I do think Steve Wilkes will be motivated to, to lay the wood on his former GM that let him go. Um, and I do think that Cleveland's running game right now is clicking at the right time. The the, the combo of Chubb and Hunt is, is the best in the NFL for my money, just based on pure talent. Cardinals don't have any anybody up front that can stop either one of those two. And even with you know Odell Beckham be, being banged up, the return of David Njoku is a huge factor. The Cardinals are 32nd against uh, opposing tight ends. They make superstar tight ends out of practice squad guys. And I think Jarvis Landry is going to have a monster game. Really, this, the story of this game is can Kyler Murray keep up with Cleveland's offense if they go score for score? Um, I think he can for you know some of the duration of the game. But I also think Cleveland will do just enough defensively and more than enough offensively to come away with this victory. And we haven't talked too much about Freddie Kitchens. I don't think this is a revenge game for him per se. You know, his his boat was always kind of tied to Arians, and when the Cardinals opted to, you know, move on from the majority of Arians' staff, that included Freddie Kitchens. But Arians himself retired. Had he been brought back, so would Freddie. But you know, Freddie didn't get an interview. I don't think he needs to take that personally. I think he needs to worry about trying to save his job in Cleveland. And I do think he gets the team back to 500 this week at seven and seven. So to recap, guys, I, I do think the Cardinals and the Browns are kind of mirroring each other as franchises right now. The difference is Cleveland's had the benefactor of picking in the top five for many, many years in a row. The Cardinals, unfortunately, are on that same path right now where they've got a bottom five roster in the NFL with no significant you know, silver linings outside of Kyler Murray. I hope the Cardinals are able to surround him with enough competent players and coaching to take this franchise to the next level. But right now, it looks like it could be a couple more years until that happens. and It doesn't help that they play in the NFC West. I'm looking forward to the matchup against two former number one overall picks, both Heisman Trophy winners from the University of Oklahoma. But I do think Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns have the edge this Sunday. John, thank you so much for making the time for us at Dogs by Nature Radio. Well, you've been listening to The Opposition's Position. I am your host, Thelonious7. Our guest was John Vettable of the Revenge of the Birds podcast. John, any final words? Thanks for listening and make sure you like and subscribe to the ROTB podcast, revengeofthebirds.com. Come check us out there. It's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Okay, so we'll put this one in the books. Once again, I'm your host, Thelonious7. Take care.